poverty. It's crime. Unemployment. Corruption. Accountability. Energy crisis. Inflation. We are worried. That South Africa has myriad problems on all fronts is a given. But the time has come for us to look for real solutions. I'm Jeremy Maggs, and this MoneyWeb podcast will discuss those solutions on how South Africans can solve problems by having tough conversations and drawing on the insights of South Africa's top business leaders. Welcome to Fix SA. There is a disturbing report from the South African Institution of Civil Engineers that found infrastructure in the country is deteriorating rapidly and without government intervention, much is at risk of collapse. The report pointed to an exodus of skilled engineers. This is a telling quote from the report. Problem-solving skills and depth of knowledge differ from engineers to technologists to technicians. And all infrastructure departments require the correct balance of all three of these professional categories to function well. This report is important, and I would contend is a broader metaphor for bigger problems in South Africa and the growing urgency for action. Let's pause and listen to how loudly that clock is ticking. Welcome to the MoneyWeb podcast, Fix SA. My name's Jeremy Maggs, and this is episode two. Our guests in coming weeks will be asked how we can make things better. How do we improve matters? How in the shortest space of time can we become competitive and a successful nation? Busisiwi Mavuso is the Chief Executive Officer of Business Leadership South Africa. She is one person that is not afraid to speak out. In recent days, she's written about government's response to the Zondo Commission saying, and I quote, We have to get this right to have any chance of transforming our ailing economy into one that grows and creates jobs. The structures and processes we establish in response to Zondo's recommendations need to be effective. On crime in South Africa... She says corrupt elements in our law enforcement agencies that are complicit in the mafia-type operations that are so deeply entrenched in South Africa must be expunged from the system. So how would Busi Mavuso fix South Africa? Busi, a very warm welcome to the podcast. I, I sense that you're optimistic. You haven't given up hope. But when I read what you write, you're also very pragmatic. Where are we right now, do you think? Yeah, Jeremy, good morning, and thank you very much for inviting me. So we are definitely not where we should be, and I think that is definitely a concern. I think where we are as a country, we have absolutely agreed that the one fundamental crisis that we need to fix is the high levels of unemployment. We are currently sitting with about 46% unemployment in terms of the expanded definition, where you have more people that are unemployed than those that are employed, in all the provinces except Gauteng and the Western Cape, Jeremy, and that is a recipe for disaster. We are asking for trouble. You can't have so many people, you know, not participating in the economic mainstream. And when you look at the youth unemployment of 65%, I think that is just shocking. If we were any other country, we should have already declared a state of disaster, a state of emergency, you know, to look at the interventions that will help us to solve this problem. Now, how do we actually grow the economy? How do we actually deal with the unemployment? You deal with the unemployment by ensuring that our economy is growing at the right 
state level. We have faced the situation of a demographic recession for quite some time, which means that our population has been growing at higher levels than what our economy has been growing at. That is why we are not in a position to actually absorb all these people who need to participate in the economic mainstream. So if our economy is not growing at the right levels, it's clear that you need investment to enable our economy to grow at the right levels. And I think if you are positioning yourself for investment as a country, you need to address those issues that will make your country to be an attractive investment destination. What would investors like to see? What are some of the things that we currently don't have in place? And, uh, and how do we address that? You know, and I really think that if we were to ask the question of where do we start, in my view, Jeremy, that is where we should start. The basics in South Africa at the moment are not right. You know, we are failing at mere administration. You know, uh, when you look at the network industries, for instance, which is where I would start, because it doesn't matter which industry a business operates in, all businesses would need to have the network industries uh, operating the way they should. You know, out of the four network industries, three are dysfunctional. So where do you even begin, you know, to try and bring investment into the country if those basics are not in place, if the system doesn't work? You know, so uh, that, that functioning of the network industries, for me, that is where we should start. And that is where our time, energy and effort need to be focused on. All right, we'll talk then about fixing the basics in the economy and uh, what the practical steps are. But I want to ask you a sentiment question first before we get there. When you engage with people in the halls of business, do you sense there is a willingness to work hard at getting this right? Or are you starting to sense uh, a feeling of exhaustion and defeat? Business is coming to the party in a big way, Jeremy. There is a lot that business in the country is, is, is currently doing, and there is a whole lot more that business would like to continue doing. You know, business is, for instance, assisting in as far as giving skilled personnel to municipalities through a program called TAMDEP, you know, to ensure that from a municipality's perspective where the rubber hits the road, we can actually uh, get things right. You know, business at the moment is engaged with the social compact discussions where we have actually identified what we think are the priority interventions and we are talking to government around putting in place work streams that are actually going to ensure that we can solve for those issues. We are involved in the capacitation of NICOM, which is supposed to be implementing the energy electricity crisis plan that the president actually recently announced. We are funding the NPA to ensure that they can actually uh, do successfully what they need to do. You know, we are uh, giving capacitation to the SOE reform or PSEC that the president put in place, which is responsible for the SOE reform. You know, we are assisting Operation Bulindela to deliver what they need. To, the list goes on, Jeremy. So business engaged, business is engaged, business is involved, business wants to do more. You know, 
business wants to be given the space, the opportunity, because you see, we realize as business that the reason why things are not happening in the country, it's because you don't have a capable state, you know, because at some point, you know, this government made a decision to be anti-intellectuals. We have had a serious exodus, you know, of skilled professionals within government. We therefore realize that the knowledge, the expertise, you know, the, 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 the know-how, you know, that is required to be able to fix some of these SOEs and industries resides in the private sector and we are ready and willing to make that available. I want to pick you up on two words that you've just used, space and opportunity as far as business is concerned. Uh, the one side of the equation does seem to be willing, but is government listening? Is there a sense of urgency? As I drove in today to record this conversation, there was a, a newspaper poster, for instance, which said ESCOM has run out of money to pay for diesel. Um, that is the most urgent thing on people's agenda right now is the generation of power. You speak about uh, getting back to the basics of administration. Do, do you sense that we are overcoming that inertia uh, or is it still a problem? You know, it, when you ask the question of is government listening, it becomes difficult in terms of how you answer it because the reality is that government is not a homogeneous group. So you actually get more uh, better reception and uh, cooperation from other government agencies, departments, and ministries than you do with others, right? So I guess where we have the cooperation, we actually are more than willing, you know, to work with, with, with government. And I think I've just named a few, you know, of these areas where we've been welcomed to actually work with government as business. And I think we, we, we it's a constant effort you know, it's a continuous process of negotiation, of trying to see how we actually come to the party. And I think uh, we are not going to tire as business, you know, because when South Africa goes down, business also goes down, you know. So it's not just government's problem, you know, that we are facing of South Africa almost being another failed African state. You know, as someone once said, show me a failed state and I'll show you a failed nation. So if we allow South Africa to fail, then we would have failed as a nation as well. And I think it is from that perspective that we are engaging with this as business. You spoke about the importance of the network industries and going back to the basics as far as the fix is concerned. Where do you start the fix? What's the fundamental problem? Yeah, so... Um, I think, as I said earlier on, you have four network industries and uh, four of them, you know, are actually four, four network industries and three of them are dysfunctional. So it becomes difficult to say, how do you actually bring investors when you don't have the basics in place? You know, uh, the system has to work. Uh, and I think that is the most, you know, when, when we hold this investment, conferences, Jeremy, like we had, I think was it the fourth one or the fifth one at the beginning of the year in April, when those investors make commitments, you know, the condition precedent that they actually have at the back of their heads 
is that the system has to work. You know, they have to come into an environment where there will be energy, where there will be ports, where there will be rain, where the transport system in its entirety will be functioning, where there will be water, right? Where there will be telecoms. Because you can't attract investors and overly burden them at the same time. Because you see... No one is, no one is disagreeing with that, but I want to push you a little bit further. Where, where do you start fixing the basics? You talk about the system has to work in order to attract investment. So how would you begin by fixing the basics? Where is the failure in that respect? So if we are serious about fixing the basics and getting investment, which is what we're trying to get into the country, you know, two things need to actually be done. You know, it's policy reform and a functioning state. And from an electricity, and I think policy reform, I would prioritize the network industries. And prioritizing the network industries, I think we've already put out a plan or some kind of energy reform in as far as energy is concerned. So we need to look at what does the acceleration and the quick implementation of that electricity crisis plan that has actually been outlined by the president look like? You know, how do we actually quickly get into, I, I know we have just actually uh, uh, started bid window six, where we actually had 56 uh, 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 bidders, and I think there was 9.6 gigawatts, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, of, of, of energy that was uh, 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 bidded for, you know, or the, the, the bids that we actually received. And, and I really think that the, the acceleration of that process. So now that the bids have actually been received, I think previously it has taken like, what is it, two years, you know, for, for from the start of the bid to, to, to legal close and financial close. How do, what will the accelerate, what would cutting that process look like? How do you do that in six months? How do you do it in eight months? You know, how do you actually capacitate NASA you know, from an embedded generation perspective, so that when companies sign up, you know, for the uh, 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 self-generation uh, or embedded generation, they actually don't have to go through the hoops and loops that they are actually currently subjected to. Of having so to how do you do that? How do you, how do you accelerate the process? How do you uh, cut corners uh, to, to amplify things, to create the efficiency that you're talking about? Is it simply... Uh, getting rid of people and finding the right people? What's the answer? I actually wish I knew. I also don't know why it actually takes you two years. But I'm saying that if we, are, if we think that this is priority, uh, Jeremy, the same way that we have actually found ways of accelerating some of these processes before. You know, we therefore need to look at, are all these processes necessary? Can some of them be shortened? You know, is it a function of systems that are slow? You know, can we actually boost our system so that they perform at a particular level. If it's a people issue, can you actually get people to... And I think it's, when you engage with government, it's the same. I, I, I think I would probably maybe say the same with the skills visa. Why does it take... South Africa nine months to process a skills visa application when we're trying to get investment into the country. Now you have had the investment conference, the investors have actually committed the money, now they want to bring experts into the country and you take a year to give them their skills visa. Where is the holdup? What is it, you know, with our process that, and when we speak about policy reform, these are all policies or reforms that actually have to be accelerated, you know, because it doesn't take other countries nine months. So why does it take South Africa nine months? And we 
we have we have had incidences before where we have shortened the processes. So what would that look like? So I think that is where the priority is actually going to have to lie to say these processes can be shortened and what would shortening of these processes and making them more effective and efficient look like. So isn't it a question of finding leaders who are not afraid to act? Because the sense is that we have so many policies and plans and colloquiums and whatever in place, but uh, we are very poor at implementation. And it would be my sense is that you have a leadership that is simply uh, not afraid, is afraid to take that first step. I absolutely agree with you. I think I, I've, I've just said that investors will come to the party and we can fix the country, but it will be triggered by two things, policy reform and a functioning state. A functioning state needs, you know, uh, uh, it, it, it speaks to, you know, the, the leadership that you currently have that can actually, you know, uh, usher in, you know, an, a, a functioning state and an effective state because no country can succeed without an effective state. You know, so I think we we, we definitely need to look at, and you see, I, I think, I really don't know if this system of putting in place task teams or um, what do they call them? You know, you, you you need to fix the red tape, you appoint a red tape tsar, and it's an entire process. You need SOE reform, you appoint the PSA. You know, you need to deal with climate change, you appoint. I, I, I don't know if we can run the country through task teams, you know? I think there needs to be a point where there is decisive decision-making, you know, where you look at what is the problem, you know, and you put a process in place or you actually make a decision in terms of how we're actually going to resolve it. Because when you look at these committees that are being set up, they, they are being set up to bring recommendations to the table, you know, and half the time you don't know where the recommendations end up, you know, so I feel as if it, it number one, takes a lot of time to put this committee together. It's a lot of people They actually have to have these, you know, ideological debates, you know, around certain issues. You know, we can't run a country on ideology. You know, at some point, there's going to have to be practical solutions that are actually going to move the country forward, you know, that are actually taken at the top without actually involving a whole lot of people. Yes, there is space for consultation. And I think, you know, there is consultation happening galore, you know, and I think we are clear what needs to be fixed as a country. If you look at the plans that we have put in place recently, the Economic Recovery and Reconstruction Plan, the Job Summit Plan, and whatever other plan that we have actually, all of them are talking about the same fundamental issues that need to be fixed. Now, if we know that these are the issues that need to, let's go ahead and fix them. You know, instead of actually putting committees together to deal with corruption, to deal with the land, to deal with, right? I don't know, and I don't think it's an effective way of actually running the country. So I'm hearing you say two things about uh, getting things right. One, is uh, looking at the basics and revisiting that. The second thing is that we are a nation of uh, too much talk. There is too much consultation that uh, we should try to change that into a little bit more action. So part of problem solving is taking small bites out of the elephant. So where would you start and how would you chart the process or the progress, should I say? 
I think where we are, the, 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 the energy crisis is a serious crisis. You know, if we don't fix energy, forget about investment, forget about businesses, forget about, you know, economic activity, forget about all of these things, you know. So we have definitely identified, albeit late, you know, we have definitely made the right call of putting together a crisis plan around energy. So my sense would be that whatever plan that we've already put in place, you actually, and I've spoken about shortening the process, you actually have to find a way of how you actually make it, if it means you eliminate, you know, some of the steps in the process, steps that are actually not, even if it's a temporary suspension, Jeremy, just to enable, you know, and to get energy onto the grid much more quickly, then I would say you do that. You know, one of the things, for instance, that take a, a long amount of time when you speak to embedded generation is the environmental licenses. Now, I'm not an expert on environmental licenses. I don't know why it takes so long, but surely if we were to put our heads together and look at what does this process entail, is this entire thing necessary, you know, can it actually be circumvented and can it be actually be shortened, you know, let's come up with that, you know, because the, the, the main key is to let's get more megawatts onto the grid as quickly as possible so that we get out of this crisis. Energy is the fifth factor of production. Without energy, you know, you don't have, you know, businesses and you don't have a country and you don't have an economy and whatever else. So I really think that I would probably maybe put more focus, you know, on, 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 on the energy issue and see how we can get more megawatts onto the grid as, as, as quickly as possible. And circumventing, as you say, some of the lengthy processes then. Part of fixing a problem also entails making sure that you overcome obstacles. How then do we stay on course once we embark on the new path that you're suggesting? Yeah, <laughs> You see, these things can be can be once off. And I think this has been a trend, you know, in South Africa. We had the 2010 World Cup that we actually had to get ready for. You know, we performed absolutely brilliantly to get the country ready, you know, for 2010. And we achieved all the, in a very short amount of time, we achieved all the milestones, the goals, the targets that we needed to achieve. And then we sort of like went back, you know, to where we were. So we, 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 we rallied as well, you know, around COVID with business and government working together. And we tried our best in terms of accelerating what needed to be accelerated, you know, getting uh, vaccinations to people as quickly as set up these uh, 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 infrastructure and systems, you know, to make sure that we are where we need to be, you know, but after the crisis is gone, then you sort of like go back to, 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 to normal. And I don't know, you know, what we regard as our normal, you know, is, is, is actually correct, you know, uh, should we not be staying on that momentum, you know, should we not be institutionalizing, you know, some of the processes and the systems that we had put in place during that time of crisis so that that is how South Africa just normally does business, you know, when it's not an intervention because there's a crisis, you know, because it, we have the capability, you know, to rise to the occasion, Jeremy, but we also, you know, have this thing of, of, of reverting back to our own, you know, comfort zones. And, 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 and how do you actually fix that? How do you actually use the crisis situation to actually put systems, you know, and processes in place 
that are actually going to be that are going to be institutionalized that are actually going to be there in perpetuity you know and i really think that's 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 where we need to look at there's that old cliche of course in management that um you can't manage anything you can't fix anything unless you could actually measure it so how would you define a short-term win in terms of fixing South Africa? Maybe a horizon of a year or two years. What would define success in your opinion? I think getting six gigawatts onto the grid, you know, is what would define success, you know, because I really think that ESCOM, the top three crisis issues that we have is ESCOM, ESCOM, ESCOM. Oh, it's not even about ESCOM. It's energy, energy, energy. Yeah. Um, so I really think that getting or plugging the gap, you know, the six to 10 gigawatt gap that we actually have, you know, uh, would be what we focus on and success would be if South Africa is in a position to actually do that. So whether it means, you know, we actually accelerate the processes of buying excess energy from private companies, from neighboring countries, from we just need to plug the six gigawatt gap. Uh, as quickly as possible. And I've already talking, I've spoken about shortening uh, the processes from a NASA perspective and from an IPP perspective. Uh, all hands need to be on deck, you know, to, 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 to actually solve for that. Um, whatever other conversation that we have as a country outside of fixing the energy crisis is a useless conversation. Uh, the focus needs to be on, on, on solving the energy crisis. So success will be definitely be plugging that 6 to 10 gigawatt gap that will come here. I've, I've just got one or two questions left. Um, maybe this one deals with sentiment. There's so much anger, there's so much despair, there's so much frustration in South Africa right now amidst all the pockets of optimism, some of which you've already outlined. There's no doubt that we need a national attitude change. How do you affect that? How do you make people start believing again, feeling a little bit more optimistic that we can fix South Africa? Picking off the list, you know, some of the things that we've actually been talking about, you know, and I think if I were to look at some of the issues, for instance, that the business constituency and community have actually been raising, you know, around the structural reforms, you know, you build confidence by implementing that which you've been talking about. And the confidence erosion that we're currently sitting with is precisely because we keep on talking about these things. There is a great, I think, diagnosis and analysis of our problems, you know, but it just takes too long you know, to get to implementation and to get to doing what needs to be done, you know, so uh, confidence building, for instance, from a business perspective, would be, you know, seeing government accelerating uh, some of the, implementing some of the things that we actually need to implement. I think if you look at the transport issue, if you look at the ports issue, for instance, we've been saying for quite some time, Jeremy, that there needs to be an intervention, you know, around Transnet, you know, the president, I think was it three years ago, announced the 100 billion, you know, triple P a plan you know when you were if you were to ask today where is that plan you know we made that announcement where are we in as far as that is concerned you know and the answer is nowhere you know those are the things that actually erode confidence and three years later you're sitting in a situation where those who are involved in the export and exporting of importing and exporting of goods have to bypass the Devon ports go into Mozambique and have to spend money to bring their cargo, you know, into South Africa, you know, because we have identified the problem, we have announced plans to actually fix the problem, but we have done
done nothing about it. And in the meantime, the problem, problem is actually exacerbated. And you don't even have the roads as an option if you don't want to use the, 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 the ports, you know, because then your trucks are going to be hijacked, you know, on the entry or whatever the case is. So I, I really think that talking, talking about things and identifying and diagnosing our problems is not enough. You know, you actually need to actually move to the next step of actually implementing, you know, the 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 the, the the plans that you have actually uh, outlined or put in place, yeah. Yeah. Just a final question then. Are you confident? Are you it can optimistic fixed, that fixed, all that know, is broken uh, for many can of be us, fixed we don't in this country? country? For many of us, we don't have a second visa, you know, that is actually sitting and waiting for us to actually leave the country if, if, if things go south. Uh, businesses got a responsibility to work with this government to ensure that we actually get South Africa right. You know, South Africa is currently at the edge of the precipice. We need to pull out all stops to pull the country back from the edge of the precipice. And I think through the many conversations and through the, 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 the highlighting of some of these issues, that is precisely what we're doing. And it doesn't end at just conversations and highlighting the issues. Businesses getting their hands dirty and we are going to continue getting our hands dirty, even if it's at the irritation of some of the government officials because this is what is required you know for South Africa at the moment so I'm definitely optimistic you know that South Africa has got a lot of potential and I think um, uh, 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 time is not forever going to be on our side so while we have this you know slim window of opportunity we need to utilize it you know when business is definitely uh, uh, coming to the party and doing exactly there is no doubt that fixing South Africa is for the brave, the committed, the incorruptible, and also those who work tirelessly. Busisiwe Mavuso, thank you very much for joining us. My name's Jeremy Maggs. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this Fix SA podcast. For more episodes posted every second Friday, go to moneyweb.co.za, the MoneyWeb app, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or follow MoneyWeb News on social media for more updates. MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.